Hello, this is Michael Zuber, and I wanted to thank you for choosing to spend a little time with one rental at a time. My life's mission is to help investors close 1 million rental properties. In order to tackle this crazy goal, I will need your help. If you like this episode or any of the content we produce, please share it on social media. If you get one of my books or perhaps one of our 500 cards, please take a selfie and tag one rental at a time. Now on with the show. October 22nd. And again, this will be your last Saturday daily financial news. Yes, folks, next week, Friday and Saturday, no new recordings. We're going to take some time uh, to go have some life experiences and have some fun. It was never intended to be a seven-day job. So we're going to make this a five-day week thing. But again, today is our last Saturday daily financial news. In about 30 minutes, we will do the last Saturday live Q&A, and then we will do our Saturday deep dive as previously scheduled. So if you want to come join, you want to come remember the good times of doing live Q&As on Saturday, I will see you in about 30 minutes. Uh, thank you for everything. Thank you for all the support. But let's get into it. There's a lot of stuff going on. A lot of stuff going on today we have to talk about. First, let's talk about this article. There's an article floating around, which I think I was sent 50, maybe 60 times in the last 24 hours. There's an economist out there talking about a 20% house, 20% national housing crash in 2023. That is a very interesting article um, for a couple of reasons. First and foremost, 20% drop in one year nationally, that would be a housing crash, no doubt. Uh, There's a couple of things in the article that are very interesting. They talk about affordability. They talk about, hey, it is simple math. We're talking about incomes to price and all of these various metrics that if you don't understand the entire picture of housing, and understand economics, you can get very, very confused. The error, so a couple of things. One, let's remember price elasticity in housing is sticky. It moves a lot slower than people expect. The great recession, the housing crash of yesteryear was never a single year event. It was a five year cascading thing. Why is that? First and foremost, a lot of the pain. Hey, Kip, how you doing, buddy? Thank you. A lot of the pain last time was foreclosures and short sales. The average time to foreclose and short sales in some states was 900 days. It is hard to have distressed sales in 2023 if it takes three years to process fact. Next, as we have talked about on this channel, there's 80% of loans below 4%. I've recently heard that 90% of loans are below 5 These people will do everything they can to stay. Next, banks have learned that forbearance works. There's just not a lot of forced selling coming, even if unemployment goes to 10%. Mistake number one, I believe, in this article. Second, to call a 20% national crash in one year, 2023, 
doesn't respect the fact that the worst year in the last 50 some odd years was 9%. To have the gall to talk about a national market doing 2x, something that was already 4x, the worst before, is disrespectful and intellectually dishonest. But here is the big thing. Here is the big thing that I believe this economist did not share or did not consider. In in economics, you learn what's called a supply-demand curve. And simplistically speaking, as price goes up, less people can buy. Makes perfect sense. That is essentially what this person is saying is, hey, you're taking the cost of capital and pushing it up, which means price has to come down. Again, simplistically speaking, that is true. What this person misses is we are not going to do 6.5 million transactions. If you told me in 2023, we were going to do the same number of transactions as 2021, and we had 8% interest rates, I would agree with you. I want to say that again. If in 2023, you were going to tell me that you believed we would do 6.5 million transactions and have 8% interest rates, I would say prices must fall. But that's where the logic breaks down. I do not believe we do 6.5 million transactions next year. In fact, I believe we do sub 4 million transactions. Why is that important? Well, when you think about real estate, there really are generally speaking five or six buyers. Bear with me. First time home buyers. They are definitely struggling. Affordability has never been or shortly will be never this low. It is hard, if not impossible. So they're out. Move up buyers. Most move up buyers are out because not only can they not sell for what they want, but they can't buy what they need. It's not there. It's not in the cards at 8% interest rate. What about cash buyers? Cash buyers have never cared about interest rate. In fact, cash buyers might come out of the woodwork. Maybe they're getting hurt in the stock market. Maybe they're doing this or that. They may come out and actually buy more. But remember, we're not talking six and a half million. We're talking 3.7 million. So those cash buyers will be a larger percentage of 3.7. Normal markets, let's say doing 6 million for easy math, if Cash buyers are 20% of 6 million. That's 1.2. 1.2 million transactions of, let's say, 4 million. That's 30%. You see how this works? Next, you have investors. These are second homes. These are uh, long-term rentals, Airbnb, flippers, whatever you want. Big investor pool. They are certainly going to be down next year. But will they be zero? No. There will still be investors doing rentals, doing this, doing that. It'll happen. Just not as much. What about private equity or Wall Street or whatever? 
they are there. They will do more. They are not interest rate sensitive. They will swoop in at the smallest discounts to continually build their inventory. Foreign buyers. Foreign buyers will still be buying because they are more afraid of their currency or their government, and they want to hide or stash or whatever you want to call it. So the biggest issue I have with somebody putting out a call that will get lots of clicks and clearly if i was sent it 50 times in the last 24 hours it is certainly making its way around is that we didn't intellectually take the demand curve down if again very clearly if you want to tell me we will do the same number of transactions in 2023 as 2021 the only answer is price must fall but that's wrong. We won't do six and a half. We won't do seven million transactions. We will do three and a half. We will do 3.2. We will do 3.7. And in that world, I don't see how prices fall 20%. Now, could housing fall 20% in your market? Absolutely. Absolutely. Where I take offense to this 20% call was it was national and it was 2x the worst year ever. And most importantly, as an economist, you missed the demand curve. The demand curve will not be 6.5. It will be 3.5 or 3.7. And you just numerically, mathematically do not need a 20% crash to get there. It's just how the system works. So that is my thoughts on the 20% crash. I'm sure we will talk about that on our live stream in about 20 minutes or so. Next, oh, this one. Oh, this one, this one scares me. So yesterday, Mary Daly, Fed president, I think of San Francisco. I might be wrong, but I think San Francisco. Let's it be known that she thinks the Fed needs to slow down. The market goes nuts, the stock market. That's the Fed pivot is here. Hurrah. You are go if if again, if the Fed does that, trust me when I say you will not like the outcome. This is why. This is, this is so bad, so bad. Remember what I have been asking for. Remember, I want to rip the Band-Aid off. Give me two, give me, Jerome Powell, give me 200 basis points today. Let the stuff blow up next week. We will, we will recalibrate and we will build from there. Just two, 200 basis points today and then don't do anything for a year. That's what I want. That would be bad in the moment. No, that would be horrible in the moment, but we would get through it. What Mary Daly just told you, and you're not paying attention, is we are going to rip the Band-Aid off slower. That is the wrong flipping answer. As of yesterday, my belief was we would get three, at least three more rate increases, but we're almost done. We're almost there. We can almost see the end of the tunnel. 
what Mary Daly just said is, sorry, folks, we're going to be raising rates maybe for six or nine months. They'll be smaller, but we're just going to keep keep giving you paper cuts every time. Bang, bang, bang. We don't want slower. We want done. Understand the difference? So again, we'll see what happens. I think I think 75 is baked in the cake for November 2nd. Again, my hope is the Fed comes together, bangs us with 75 in December, gives us something early next year, and just stops. I do not want Mary Daly to give us 75 and then 50 and then 25 and 25 and 25 and 25. We want them to stop. Get to your flipping terminal rate, call it a day, watch the numbers. The fact that the market ripped on Friday is a sucker's rally. The Fed is telling you, we're not going to rip the Band-Aid off quick. We're going to make it excruciating. We're going to make sure you feel every single hair be ripped out. (sighs) All right, let's talk about the week ahead. We got a lot of stuff coming next week. We're going to do earnings first and economic numbers second. Earnings. We got Logitech on Monday. It'll be very interesting to see what's going on in the computer landscape. Could this be a signal of Apple? I don't know, but Logitech on Monday. Tuesday, we got Coca-Cola, Microsoft, and Alphabet. Coca-Cola, will it be a, a barn burner like Pepsi? Microsoft, what is going on with computers and their cloud? Alphabet, what is going on with their cloud and advertising? Is it like Snap, or are they just dominating the market? Then we've got Meta and Ford, right? Is Ford still having supply chain issues? What's going on with Meta? How many billions of dollars have they thrown at the metaverse? What's going on with ads? Thursday, Apple and Amazon. We're going to hear from Apple. What's going on with the iPhone? What's going on with this? What's going on with supply chain? What's going on with doing manufacturing in India versus China? And then Friday, we've got Colgate. Consumer Products, and Chevron. Colgate will be interesting because, again, are consumers trading down? I do believe we're seeing a bifurcation of our consumer base, the haves and the have-nots, right? The K-shaped recovery, bearing its ugly head again. What is going on with Colgate and then Chevron? Are they printing money? Are they making profits, buybacks? What is going on with oil and gas? As for economic numbers, We have the Case-Shiller report on Tuesday. It will be utterly useless. Case-Shiller will come out on Tuesday, October, whatever that is, like the 25th or something. It will be about August data. Totally useless. Not to be outdone, FHFA price will come out again for August and utterly useless. We will get consumer confidence on Tuesday. It will be interesting to see if that is still trending up or has it broke as we've left summer. Wednesday, big day, new home sales. That's going to be an ugly number. New home sales, ugly number. Thursday, here's audience participation time. Get your fingers ready. I want a plus or a minus in the comments. We are going to get our Q3 GDP first look. This is done three times. 
we're going to get our first look at Q3 GDP. Will it be positive or will it be our third negative quarter? That's important. Will it be positive or negative? You can leave comments below. I'd love to get audience participation. And if you're feeling pretty spicy, why don't we why don't we give one of these shirts away? If you guess the number, and here's the deal, it's usually two numbers, right? It's one point something. We will give, we will send out one of these shirts, nailed it, for the first person that gets it right. First person. So if you want to throw your hat in the ring for a shirt, nailed it. Leave comments below. What what do you think it is? First person to get it right. We're only giving away one shirt. Have your guess. Ooh, what am I going to guess? What am I going to guess? I'm going to guess 0.8% positive. Let me write it down so I hold myself accountable. One sec. All right, Thursday, Q3 GDP, I wrote down plus 0.8%. So if that's the number, I win. But other than that, leave your guesses below. I'd love to hear from you. Oh, what else? That's Q3. Oh, then Friday, PCE, personal consumption expenditures, pending home sales, and consumer sentiment. Pending home sales is going to be abysmal as well. Last thing, folks, if you're guessing right now during this live stream, do me a favor. Once this ends, you have to go back and then leave comments because I don't think any of these comments are saved and I can't read them from here. So it'd be hard for me to know who was first. So little caveat, please leave it in the comments once done so that I have a history. And again, the first person to get it right gets a t-shirt. Oh, talk about Airbnb. One of the things you've seen on my channel, if you go back and look, is I've been concerned about the Airbnb market. Uh, I saw a lot of newbies come in because they thought it was easy. That always makes me nervous. We saw people come in and assume 2021 daily rates and daily occupancy was normal. It was not. We've seen people down select. Hey, I can't afford waterfront, but what if I go across the street over the bridge next to the uh, cemetery? You can't down select Airbnb. That will not work long term. So, we're starting to see a lot of Airbnb pain. Uh, there's one article I talked about where a uh, creator or host, I guess they're called hosts, was 80% booked all of 2021. That was the average monthly occupancy. They now have had three months in a row of zero. There will be some Airbnb hosts that need to do something else, whether they sell, they go uh, long-term rentals, whatever it is. But there is going to be a lot of pain in the Airbnb market. And then finally, remember, folks, uh, I'm now not going to be creating any zero zip original content on Fridays and Saturdays. Today is my last Saturday uh, because I have my student Saturday deep dive. I, I am loyal to my students. So that will occur at nine o'clock today. But after that, no con no new content Friday and Saturday. I will have videos posted on Friday and Saturday, but they will be created earlier in the week. I hope you understand. I never wanted to be a seven day a week YouTuber. Uh, just kind of fell into this, have a lot of fun. Uh, so we're gonna be doing Sunday through Thursday. We're doing Sunday because all of you love hearing from Dan Bird. I love talking to Dan Bird about stocks.
before the market opens. So hence, we will start our content creation every Sunday. So have a great day. We will see you on the live stream shortly. Bye-bye.